Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now at the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live, 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 live from Whiskey City, USA, in the vault. First time in the vault, will I make it out alive? For, uh, for, for people who don't understand my dear uh, compadre's uh, harsh, harsh Midwestern accent, vault means vault. Like a bank. Like creek or crick. Yeah, like a, like a vault, you know, that you'd lock stuff away in. And we have locked Jake in here, um, <laughs> hashtag, and he hashtag will not leave. fuck you, Matt Brown. <laughs> welcome, uh, back, welcome back to the podcast, Matt Brown. Welcome back. You know what? I We're going to come back to you just in yeah, a second. Okay, All right. Thanks. Also, um, we have 45 minutes. We, we are on a road trip. Uh, Wilson Torres has showed up on the road trip <laughs> in a giant white truck. I can't believe he came. That it's was so my white horse, came. if you will. Uh, it, it, it's beautiful. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Friend. Thank Wilson you. Torres. I appreciate it. Thank I you. I called you Mr. I'm, Friend. That sounded really that's all right. kinky. But it I is. Call him Mr. Hands. Yeah. Um, Mr. Hands. We are at Dancing Goat Distillery. Do not call anyone Mr. Hands. In the Whiskey Vault, if you will, Matt Brown. I will and I do. Thank you. Um, made the trek up here. We are here for Wisconsin Whiskey Festival. Not actually at Dancing Go, but we all agreed earlier that it should be. Um, maybe we'll bring it back here next year. What do you think, Nick Brady Moss, on that? A couple tens. You know, we've reserved the rights for festivals on the Rickhouse grounds. Mm. We could go to battle with the mm. village. We're really good at that. We mm. can we can figure it out. I think mm. we can. We could definitely have a whiskey fest here next year as long as you know Wilson comes again. Ah, well, well, he finally came. First I, off. Uh, as my whiskey guru, my whiskey mentor, my waltzing Matilda. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Thank, thank God you're here, because I thought it was just going to be me and Matt. Like, honestly, this is like one of the most fun afternoons I've had in a very this long time. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went, so when we were, oh, everyone's up front, I went back to grab that port sample, and I walked past uh, MJ. And MJ just looked at me, and he was just like, and, he, and I just looked at him, I was like, it's a madhouse in here today. And he started cracking up. <laughs> I feel like it's my fault that it happened. <laughs> well, it is your fault, because you brought us all together. We yeah, were talking about We should probably introduce everybody else who's at this table. Um, Mr. Bo is also here. Hey, young world. Oh, 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 Wilson Torres. <laughs> couldn't even, it's been so many months, years even. You didn't oh. even know your own sign-on. Oh, I'm here man. for you, though, Wilson. I appreciate you. Meet you. Appreciate you. It's likewise. great to be in the spirits vault. He finally came. It's amazing. He finally came. For men with so many kids to finally come, it's just amazing. <laughs> Mr. Sean Dotson's also here. Who oh, never yeah. Been, never, Sean, never been on the podcast. On the um, yeah, never, number one. Yeah. Never uh, been on because Nick often does not let me out of my desk. He's uh, also told me yesterday that I have zero fun in my life. Oh. So I, I do appreciate you allowing me in this room today. You know, the thing is, is the zero is rubbered off my hand, which means oh. you might be getting to a whole integer oh. of fun. Oh. So I might have to Whoa. rewrite it as a one. It is loud. And I it? love having fun with you. Uh, Sean, tell us what you do here at the Dancing Goat. Well... Uh, I'm involved in a bit of everything, but uh, general management. So, you know, we're blowing and going here. We're, you have a nice hat on. I do have a very nice hat that was gifted to me by a dear friend that looks like Thor. Wow. It's a really beautiful man. The guy that gifted it to him. You should meet him. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, it's anyway, crazy. sorry. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're a factory here. So I'm involved on the, the actual ethanol production oh. and then uh, on the sales side. The way so. you say ethanol just really tingles my pants. Well, that's that's coached from Nick, ethanol. so... Nice. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Like so Sean, Sean runs the operations here. Essentially, he does a little bit of everything. It seems like when I always come up here and I always talk to him, we have our nice weekly chats. Mostly, our weekly chats revolve around you, Matt Brown. He, uh, Sean, is the beating heart of Dancing Goat, pumping the blood to all of the various oh appendages. Oh my, dude, this is so. Well, wow. This is like the Raven. It's we like have, you're reading we, the Raven out we have, loud. We have two more people to introduce, but one of them is not here. <laughs> um, he's he disappeared somewhere in the background, the ether of Dancing Goat. Truly oh. saving the best for last. North Carolina's please, finest. Please, saving the best please. for last. Our friends from the North Carolina Whiskey Hunters. My dear friend Mark Fitlin. He's actually the only Mark Fitlin in the world. He knows yeah. this for really? a fact. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. true. And, I was, and I'm here for the coyotes. That's all I know. Oh, we, wow. we went out this morning. And we, he's not talking about people passing over the border. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, those coyotes are a little more expensive. Exactly. He's looking for a cheap date while uh, he's here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Mark and Shane came into our lives, what, three years ago probably? Yeah, yeah three years. And we've it was... The silver lining of COVID is that we just all hung out on our computers and phones and sold whiskey that way, which is funny. My boss has just asked me in a call, like, how do you get these connections? I'm like, we sat on a computer for two years and sold whiskey. We have connections all over the U.S. Not me. I was in the stores. 
you weren't, but there were, were, there were, were on the stars. podcast so Mas- many times. Mask up, wearing a little, wearing a little uh, face shield. You still do that. Yeah, well, I was doing it then, too. Wow, what a trendsetter. <laughs> yep, thank you. Well, Mark, uh, it's awesome to finally meet you guys in Cover person. I was, I was a little hungover and at first, and I'm like, I knew you guys were coming into town, but when I walked in the door here, I was like, why are, who, oh, gosh, Shane and Mark, I'm like, just put it like all together. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah we have friends here. At the end of the day, this is about three years in the making. Yeah. Um, and it, you were catalysts in, in us becoming who we are and what we're doing in North Carolina. Um, well, I don't want to. You know, that. Just thinking about a lot of pressure. You know, you know, trying to build a market in North Carolina. Mm. You know, some of the controls and, and laws that we deal with is a little bit different than what you guys do. But you tell, know, tell us the, about those differences. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, we're state controlled. So government sets pricing. Uh, stores are ran by local uh, local communities or local government. Uh, and ultimately, uh, stores are looking at what's profitable versus what the industries where they're going um, so often we're trying to educate this is where the market's going but often we're behind one thing that was really interesting when Guys, i was out there the other year things. was kind of the way it was explained to me and I, like i'm not saying this out loud now to because i've been rather locker roomy you know ever since wilson got here and this isn't to be oh. like locker room oh. you beer. are you are wearing a delicious pink shirt too. <laughs> yeah, i appreciate that and, you know, i smell like a locker room too so kind visit of, visitor <laughs> locker room Colors, yeah. Iowa. Oh, oh, yeah. You like that? Yeah. Thing? So, yeah. That's what it's for. Iowa peach. Right? Oh. It, it might set the tone. In that it might room. be a locker room, but it's not a sauna. So, Before Sean, I moved, can you put on your towel, please? Or yes, something. something. I, Before really uh, I moved to Illinois, I was called the Iowa peach. That makes sense. Yeah, doesn't that makes, it? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. rotten to the core, baby. Yeah. I don't know if you rotten the core, but you smell great. You know, uh, I can't believe that. <laughs> peach vanilla, right? It's peach vanilla. Peach vanilla. Yeah, it's peach man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's peaches yeah. and cream. We know where you've been. Mm-hmm. You don't know where I've been. What's in the box? No, it is. It, it is interesting though how every state is such a. I was talking to a uh, um, sales director for a UK-based distillery earlier today, and they're talking about like how the they wanted to enter the market and do all of this, but the compliance issues in America are just so crazy what they're used to over in Europe. And then you take it down, you scale it down on a 50 state level and then take what the 13, 14 control states we have here in America and you throw Texas in there with all their dumbass bullshit. The two counties in Maryland. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's all over the map and for a brand to kind of start succeeding or what you guys are doing kind of like as a broker, not kind of like as a broker, um, it offers a whole new way for brands to get introduced into states and with reliable people, people you've made and forged connections with and be able to work with now. Yeah, and the, the thing about it too is there's, like you said, there's all these different rules to get into the market. And one of the things that makes North Carolina really, really unique, I think there's one other market that really kind of mirrors it in my eyes, is everywhere else where you're talking about um, like a, 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 an LCB or, or a, a control board of some type, they're, they're there to make a sales number, right? They're there to, to sell what they can. When you get to the state of North Carolina, um, it's pretty unique and their intent is to control the consumption of liquor. It's not to accelerate the Correct. sale. It's not to give good deals. Correct. It's to control access to and the consumption of. And I'm not bringing that up to, to, to poo-poo anybody, but it's, it's a very unique part of this market that has to be kept in mind because you have to go around so much red tape, even more so than like an Iowa or a Virginia. Um, it's just very, very different. Do you know Iowa is for lovers? Iowa is for lovers. Mm. Do you know his Virginia middle name is? is true. Well, that's, I think his middle name it. is Love. He's from Iowa. Oh, Bo, Love, <laughs> Iowa? No, Iowa. Iowa, I don't know. I was, I was what, just joking. What does Iowa yeah, I just state, I take all the state mottos and apply it to Iowa. That's my, that's my but life I, mission. But I, Iowa, I, the treasure Dealing with the state of Ohio, and then I was just in New England recently, and you were in New England? Yeah, we, we went into a uh, into a control, one of those, call it those little county stores, if mm-hmm. you will. Was it Worcester County? No, I don't remember, quite honestly, so I wouldn't be able to tell you for sure. But I walked in, and it was just like walking into a, what we here would walk consider a grocery store aisle. Yeah, right. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, what else you got? Yeah, you exactly. Know? And I was talking to just some people walking in. And he's like, oh, every once in a while, you know, every once in a while, there's a, there's a nice little bottle of Buffalo Trace sitting mm, out there. Daddy, you know, and I'm like, I get it. I understand. But what I really found intriguing is that, well, we just go over. People just travel for it. Yeah. New England is, so, you're so close mm-hmm. to each other in New England. I didn't realize, we flew into Boston and we were able to, to drive to Maine in an hour and a half. Yeah. 
absolutely. So, I mean, that proximity allows you Bangor, to really... Bangor, Maine? Sorry? Bangor, Maine? Bangor, Maine. No, but I, we did drive by there, though. <laughs> we did drive by there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we Julie the cat Gaffney is from there. Didn't know that. <laughs> we, went, we stayed in... Uh... Mighty Ducks? Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Now I can't remember where we stayed. Now we say, anyways, but it was just, they're like, well, you know, if we can't find here, we're just, they don't deal with it. They don't really deal with it. They don't want to take the time to even Mm. complain about it because the the easiest thing to do is just to get in their car and drive 20, 30 minutes. The human psyche, the human uh, ability to adapt and change very quickly is ever progressing. We were just talking about this, were we not? You and, and I? How, uh, yeah, and how... Uh, At Delilah's one day afternoon, I believe. Yes, of course. We were talking about uh, the perseverance of... Oh, the human will. Of the human will through the Black Death of the 14th century uh, Europe. Jesus. Or you, not. You and I? How it changed the face of feudalism and how uh, it introduced uh, the I'm really sorry trend of I wage labor. You guys to him. It's me too, but it's cool. Uh, hey, hey, this is how you derail him, though. You want to learn how to derail him? Yeah. Hey, Matt, yes. what's the best way to catch the plague now in modern America? Mm. Uh, probably just like uh, licking a playground. Sucking on these nuts. Hey, for, for... Armadillos. Oh, cut off. interesting. Oh. Oh. I didn't think about it. I'm oh. no, just teasing. <laughs> no, just it, it's... Having it's sex ever, with an armadillo? Ever evolving. As a da- from a dancing goat perspective, um, taking outside of your core markets, where are you guys trying to else evolve outside of the Midwest? Well, that's actually really interesting because me and Sean have been working on a lot of that. and we're, we've really... I, like to, I like to ask interesting questions. I know you do. <laughs> Did you see this one for you? <laughs> I think the, the one thing that we've done is we've really focused on where we've really focused on where we already have action and we've tried to water those markets. And kind of what we're looking at now is saying what markets, what gardens are worth watering, what gardens are Mm. worth replanting and what gardens are worth maybe pulling out of and going to new ones. And so I think if you look at our distribution map, it's very, very irregular. Um, It's very sporadic, but I think a big, a big goal for us is going to be reapproaching the big five markets this year. And I think one really important thing that ties into the conversation we're having right now, and I'm going to pass this mic over to Sean after I put this one out is, um, uh, we were talking a lot about uh, about control states in the Northeast. Well, what's the, what's the honey hole control state in the Northeast? The P- Pen- Pennsylvania Lake Control Board, PLCB, right? They get as many allocations as anybody else. It's all control, so everything's listed on where it's going to be and when. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and where are people jumping borders? Yep. And you then know, Ohio the is the same as well. Exactly. Ohio is exactly. huge. So well, and them. you've been hearing about, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you've been hearing about fucking forever that Ohio has the wellers on deck, wellers on, and it's like, well, now I'm starting to see green labels here. So it's like, well, I don't care where they're on deck. Mm-hmm. But four or five years ago, I mean, on the shelf all the time. And same with Michigan, but but gouged in Michigan, you know. Oh. I'm like, <sighs> See, and that's the thing. but what about the the intention I always thought like you being here located, you know, in Wisconsin obviously, like owning your your state, owning your backyard. I'm like how much effort defeating the like, Henrys. Yeah, do, how much effort on a day would you say it's 70% of your effort on a day-to-day in sales is to own my backyard? Is it sixty percent? Is it forty percent? Is it fifty percent? Coming, I mean, just talk. If I may mention Sean and I's earlier conversation, it was like, well, we got fucking limousine ride in Hawaii. You do, you know, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, it's right. great do you, placement. Do you need but, a, you know, a Hawaii brand but ambassador? You guys are national. Uh, we, we were national. We were national. Our, we, you know, we contracted so. when we sold Ramchada. A lot of our distro contracted, um. and we we have we have we have uh, you know Hawaiian inventory that's there. Because we had distribution there, yeah, distribution we, already there. You know, it's it's there. Yeah. We can go get it, but it's three years old. You know, <laughs> right? Right. Um, the thing that's really interesting, like the way that, the way that we were looking at it for a long time, and, and you mentioned like like beat the Henrys. That's a really interesting thing to talk about because obviously they are the market leader, and that is the goal, right? Our goal is to beat people, but I think at the end of the day, like my real goal isn't to beat them on the shelves. My goal is to make their bourbon for them. You know, so my really real, my real goal isn't to isn't to sell more rye than Templeton. It's just to pick up all the business that MGP just let go in the last five years. I you know, it. and so like that's the thing is like I, I it's a lot of fun to put things in a package on a shelf. It almost kills us sometimes to work together to do that um, because yeah. we're also passionate, opinionated, and, and feel differently. 
But I think the one thing that we all know is if, if we max out our, our program here in terms mm -hmm. of production, mm -hmm. our overhead comes down and then, and then market goods are free. Yeah. And that's, and that's amount. And I'm going to shout out somebody right now who's doing oh. this amazing that I don't even know. Jake's goal is to beat off the Henry's. Oh, he Jesus. loves Joe. Oh God. We love, we love Joe too. That's the thing. But Not here's like the thing. Jake does. If I take, if I take Joe's 15,000 cases a year, right. And that's all I ever take. I have a little more than 15,000 cases worth of overhead here. I'm fucked. If I, if I squabble for Joe's business yeah. for the next five years, we're not going to grow enough to sustain our business, and we're fucked. If we don't grow our backyard, we're fucked. If we don't grow our tertiary markets, we're fucked, right? Yeah. And so what we really need to do is we need to lean into our contracts and then fill the pipeline where we can. Correct. And one of the things that we've been looking at over and over and over is what pipelines make sense to fill? Where do we have bridges that are gone, torched? Yeah. Fuck those places, right? Yeah. And, and with us, the thing that we really depend on, because my father is traditional distribution relationships mm -hmm. that hinge on volume, right? They hinge on volume already. Yeah, Tommy Moss, we'll take your brand. You got cases. We'll help you out, right? But when Tommy Moss comes around, he's like, well, yeah, I'm Tommy Moss, and I sold Rum Tata, and I didn't give you a contract. Mm. You want to help me build a brand? Now the tone is very different. Totally you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. what we're starting to look at now, I heard you mention momentum, right? We started looking at, we never looked at distributors like that because we didn't know how to operate in that market. We didn't know how to operate with them in the market that they occupy. Now we understand that we need smaller distributors like that to be successful because we either have, we have resentment in some, and, and it's not every distributor, we do have physical resentment from some distributors. Um, and then in others, we just have, well, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. And so from our standpoint, it's, it's what we really started to focus on is that the, the backyard's taking a bigger focus, but also, my focus is rye. That is a small market. If we win the rye market here, guess what? I, we still have to cover overhead. You know? And so for us, it's about really understanding how do we get back to those big five that we, kind of have, we have fresh starts in, we have fresh opportunities in. What can we mobilize there product-wise that's going to cause a splash and make people want to take us despite yeah. ill will? Right? <laughs> and, then, and then how do we manage ourselves going forward where we don't create a trap door of ill will again? For instance, you know, if, if, if we wanted to, let's say, we, I don't know why I ever would want to do this, but let's say we wanted to go back to somebody in Illinois that we don't, that we, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying, right? And it's a question. You bite your tongue. I am. I'm biting, bite my, your tongue. I'm biting my tongue right now, but, this, but I have a question, right? If we wanted to reapproach them and go back to them, mm -hmm. we need to prove our concept was right. We need to have volume. And then we need to come back and we're going to have to combat the shit that I've said to you on this podcast. Right. right. So I, you know. so if you would scale up in that sense of you know getting the business of other people that need business from you, does that allow you to have more versatility of what you want to do with Dancing Goat in general? Yes. And I think the one thing to remember is you have different I'll never really forget. important people at this business, right? Who have different goals. Sean is somebody who's really important in this business. He has different goals than Bo, who's somebody who's really important in this business. I'm very mm. important in this business, and I have entirely different goals. So my only goal, besides having fun, which, sorry, guys, Take I know it gets fun. to people, <laughs> fun. is to honor my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And the distillery that, my, that honors my grandfather is one that cranks. When my father is gone, my goal will be to honor my father. And the distillery that honors my father will, will sell products in mass and distribution. And what I'm trying to manage now is my father who's living and what he wants to do, the honor that I want to give to him one day, the honor I want to give to my grandfather, and trying to build, if we can honor my grandfather now and leverage the asset we have, cover all of our overhead, then, and the people I were going to shout out was, was Middle West Spirits out of Ohio. They're doing so much content. And I've never met this guy. I've never talked to this guy. I don't know this guy. But from... Let's, from, get, let's get him on the podcast. Well, you should. You really should. Because give him a call. this guy did. This guy went... So, and I got this story from our controls consultant who did the same. He did his still for him. And what this guy did is he makes so much contract production that all of his own spirits are free. He, he is... And he, so he's done... He, he, built an, he built an asset. Right. He leveraged it entirely. And now, you know, if you want to... If my dad and I want to go on a, a quest, if we decide, you know, hey... Barrel-aged gin is the answer now, and, and we're going to devote all things to it. Well, if we're making whiskey for the people, we can throw our barrel-aged gin money in the barrel mm. and light it on fire, right? Ooh. Because because then everything is, you know. And everyone loves like a nice fiery cocktail. Exactly. A nice, <laughs> nice smoky barrel-aged gin. That's a great point. And I wonder how many distilleries of your size and Middle West size are trying to do that, trying to adapt in that sense. Um, Wilson and I used to work for a little Chicago outfit that would do some contract distilling. And I don't think that was ever 
the goal to use that to mm-hmm. expand the brand and the uh, the creative exercise, more if you will. collaborative. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, can I they, ask a question though yeah, about please, that? Because yeah. we're talking about what we're talking about, right? I have answers. Was part of their goal to end up an industry leading consultant for an equipment set? Because that's what they did, yes. and they've made a shit ton of money. Doing they that. did it for the distilling system itself for Cote. Yeah, yeah, know. that's but, what but I mean. And Cota. they still, I Cota. think, they, is it Cote? I don't know. Let's call it that. Fuck it. I think you still get referred to them, right? Like, I think you still, if you go for consulting, I think they do still steer you that way. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have well, the stills behind but, them. I mean, I don't want to speak for them because I don't know their business. Exactly. Yeah. I but, don't, like, but, like, their I business model. Did I do I don't, their finances? I don't know, maybe. They probably didn't start the business thinking we're going to be reps for Cote, though. You know, they probably started the business and we're that like, that was part of That's was. what funded them. Yeah. That's because, pretty, then that's pretty. That's pretty fucking slow. It was sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, well, they're, 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 too much about them. Yeah, so I can't really, talk about them actually. So yeah, 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 he legally can't. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I slipped through the cracks there. I have actually some great stories about them that we can talk about later. <laughs> All right, uh, but it was no. It's interesting because they wanted to become an international brand and set up their distribute. They set up their own distribution channels as themselves in Europe. Mm-hmm. So they're helping other brands ship to Europe, and they could become a distributor. So they they're they're multifaceted, obviously, when it comes to money making in the, the whiskey game. But focusing just on distillation purposes and providing whiskey for other brands, um, Joe Henry, why don't you come on over here and say hello? Yeah, yeah. Hi, uh, hi, it's me, <laughs> Joe Z Henry. How are but you? Guys? He would have if he would have known. Right. Like Andrew would have came. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting him. what you're talking about because when you mentioned about you want Joe Henry's business, you guys having a good time. I want, today. I want so any nice strong brand in Wisconsin. I want their business. Yeah, any strong bad, any strong craft. Distillery in the Midwest. I want your business. Thanks for anyone. Asking. anyone I can. So so many people just got cut off from MGP in the last year, and yeah. are gonna. And when you start looking at what else, asking, I'm no more making four. GNS. So if you don't make GNS yeah. anymore, you I don't make gin dunk. anymore. Yeah, we'll make gin for you all day. That's what I'm saying. So anyone getting cut off from MGP, so, we want your business. So 80 percent of our production at at at, at uh, Castle and Key is contractual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 80 fucking percent. You're a really good model for us to look at. You know what I'm saying? So 20 percent of that obviously is us. But at the same time, you know, I begin to think, I'm like, well, that's why our whiskeys are on allocation. Not because we didn't make enough. We just, we made enough. It's just, it was in spurts. Yeah. So our lots are in spurts. It wasn't continuous. It was whenever we can fit it in. Yeah. Now, what I dig about what, based on what Sean showed me today and shared with me today, the fact that you guys have it pretty much already, you have a, you have two divisions already. You have Mm -hmm. what you do. And you have what you purchased, you know, and I don't mean to say that, you know, uh, so firmly, but it's the, that's the differences of what you guys are doing. But I think that's brilliant because you still are facilitating it differently yeah. and you're open to what it is that you're doing. Well, you're actually, you're transparent about what you're doing, but it's so effective, Thank you know, you. so that for us, what I feel we are still working on is that very directive. We are doing this and we have a, a plan in place, but we're so involved and so absorbed by our contractual obligations that we haven't even really scratched the surface so and really put in ourselves into play. So it's like we're blocking ourselves almost. In a way, right? But then also to challenge the Stop cock blocking yourself. Because I, I look at what you're doing, I think it's it's absolutely genius. Overbuild a facility that you can't support with the brand. Leverage the asset through production with other people. Not only, I mean, you're-, you're Not operating. just production, but housing as well. Because exactly. we contract age, we contract blend. Blend, yeah. You know, so Do you bottle as well? We bottle as yeah, well. Exactly, so you're one-stop so. shop. And, and that sounds really similar to somebody not the not the one-stop shop for the bottling, but that sounds really similar to somebody who all of us know here, who we are huge customers of. Yeah. You know, my, my favorite American distillery, RNS, the old Ross and Squibb. Oh, and when you start, Cedar Ridge. When you start thinking, <laughs> I love Merck. Merck's one of my favorite people, but you know, my favorite distillery besides our own and in the marijuana industry is going to be RNS by far. When you start looking at the history of Lawrenceburg, it's it's unbelievable. Oh yeah. Um, but when you look at what they did, right? It's like they purchased an asset, like they purchased from LDI. Um, they purchased an asset because they wanted to get into alcohol. And they said, all right, well, we have this thing that's 100% contract. Can we start leveraging 20% our own brands? And that's what you start seeing with Remus and with other things. And then you start acquiring people like Penelope, right? And, and really, like, the answer is, like, acquire the asset, maximize it, and then leverage it how you can. Can I ask you something personal? Um, what if those friends of yours from Indiana came to you and said, like, we have a big offer for you? To buy this place out? To buy this place. 
that de- it depends how that would be structured. My dream is to sell this place to the employees. So, mm. Mm. so that was something that I we can't were... afford it. But thank you. <laughs> That's Matt's resignation. Thanks, thanks, I, Matt. I, but uh, Ross and Squid, uh, Squib, Squib, is, Squib. Um, talking about my Squib juice. It's a <laughs> my Squib juice. I'm talking the, my Squib juice. Ross, Ross and Squib is an interesting. Example because for since they reintroduced Remus, you know, they had the Metsy Select back mm-hmm. in the day, you know, they've done experiments before. And when they reintroduced the Remus, they weirdly siloed off that business to not include MGP branding, which I think the was biggest a mistake, mistake they've ever made. I think Absolutely. Absolutely. Mistake. Why not? They should have hammered Why MGP. Not? They should have uh, fucking hammered it. Do you think that's why they're buying back their own product now? They're not. So you're not. <laughs> well, I think they. I think they came. I think they had an expectation already. They went into it with an expectation. Who? It's our own stuff. MGP. Yes. Oh, we're releasing like so Remus and yeah. Correct. Yeah. So it's just like, well, it's our stuff. People know our stuff. It should fly off the shelf. So I mean, they, and they had great was, salespeople. We know. We know them. It was they a did have, JV they did have good, squad playing in, a, in, in, in at the a collegiate level. It was just like, come on. They, you have the means. You have the product. What they you have should, everything behind it, and it, they it's, didn't do it. Properly. It's kind of like what's happening with NIL and sports. Continue with that. Like when you're being paid underground, no one cared at all about all of these things going on with teams. Like, oh, it's just a distraction. Now it's becoming a, more of a talking point than they actually play on the field. <laughs> yeah. And but if you went back to the old way and just had the money underground, people get still getting paid. People still happy coming to colleges. Yeah. But now you look at it like, oh, we're gonna get this kid a million dollars, and it comes to Texas A&M, and they suck because all they have is t- talent lined up. Paid with money paid versus, with money. but you don't have the actual product because people, people don't know. It doesn't represent the brand that you would put in the field. Go Hawks! Hindsight is twenty twenty with MGP too because they launched Remus before what we're seeing is now the prevailing like craft distillery model, which is with Bardstown, and they did their medium tier and high tier whiskeys first right. and then went back for the it's the not always stuff. great to name a brand after a guy who killed his wife too you know so <laughs> what was that <laughs> george remus killed his wife oh really yeah was it self-defense so my, <laughs> my my whole thing is they launched the they launched the remus and then they're like remus select with hindsight's 2020, what what we all know that they should have done is just done the just like done the, Remus Prohibition series and correct. then doubled and back just doubled for back the, for it. I, yep. I could I, I think there's a couple different things they could have done. I think that they could have I, not killed their wife. You know what the big problem? You know what the I'm big sure problem with MGP did, is? But... What the fuck? <laughs> you can't say shit like that. Allegedly, he's yeah, been dead for a hundred years. I, I, okay, all right, well then, that's fine. It was something. It was something to do with like when he was in jail. She started dating like his lawyer or whatever, and then there was like, yeah, it was drama. That's one way to pay the lawyer. Isn't that? Sounds like the music took his business over and all that. Yeah, but it's like when you look at MGP, right? It's a a whole Tupac and Biggie thing. The first one is 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 ninety eight percent of their customers are better selling their whiskey than they are. And one part of that is is soul style. I just I don't think there's a lot of soul. And I think that one problem is is, you know, there is a massive again. You know, I have to be careful what I say here, but there's a yeah. Massive I was gonna say you need to be careful because you're still gonna buy. I, I, I as long as I don't get cut off, I'll be yeah. buying until I'm done here. You know, I, I hopefully as long as I got the cash flow, we're gonna keep buying. I hear you because that's because that's what I mean, we've talked about my goal before. Mm-hmm. I want paint from everywhere in the world to mm-hmm. use to paint with, and and that's what we're gonna do. You spread your seed. I do. I've been doing that, so you know, um, but, uh, no, successfully guess, again. I guess that isn't not in a lot of fields. It's been the same field. Sorry, it's, it's been the I'm same. I'm talking about my wife. Um, I love you, wife, so much. You're the I love best. you, wife, um, so much. You, I think it'd wife. be a good idea if we all said, "I love you" to our wives right now. I love you, wife. I love I you, Matt's wife. wife. I I love uh, my wife. That you guys are being intentionally obtuse right now. I met your own wives. <laughs> uh, I love you, Sean. Yeah, I, I love, love you, Sean. Wife. She knows it. I think, I'm pretty sure the closest thing that Brittany's ever come to listening to this podcast is us being downstairs. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> she'll, she'll listen to the first five, ten minutes and then like, I'm done. It's the best part. <laughs> top ten producer on Whiskey Podcast for, so for Apple. So here's, here's wow. something that I'd, I'd like for you to take All the time right. right now, Nick, or anyone at the table because you guys are very um, well-versed on it. I'm looking at this wall behind Nick and Jake, and it's um, your limousine rye, mm. your limousine rye of before, or no, sorry, your limousine rye, your limousine rye that's finished, and then a new 
subcategory, if you will, under the dancing goat. Um, can you speak to that? Because I see a lot of cool colors, and I see it in the, the Matt Brown I, series. Yeah, this is really cool. I th- and that's why I feel what you guys are doing here is brilliant in a sense because it's two different things that you're doing. You're not just doing one thing, and especially when you're only doing whiskey. Um, yeah, you have Death Door, you know, and the, but it's death door yeah but what you're concentrating on is truly what is aging and what you're producing yourself because not a lot of people can do this right now yeah that's thank you i appreciate it and i'll speak a little bit and i'm gonna pass it to probably him or him just i want yeah. i want to hear them what their response to it but the, the the problem at the dancing goat is me and my dad can't stop buying barrels and we don't buy we don't look <laughs> at the market and say you know, bourbon, 21% rye bourbon's on fire. Let's, let's go get a good price in some barrels. We wait until my uncle calls me and it's just like, you know, there's somebody on the fifth floor that's trying to get rid of like a thousand barrels. And that's that <laughs> one. So we end up with these things that are, we have a lot of stuff that's completely unique to us that like no one else, like mistakes from MGP that we sure. bought um, that are just fantastic inventory. And the, none of it really comes into the same designation. We don't have a ton of bourbon, ton of rye. A lot of it's from rye mash or from wheat mash. And so we were looking for one vehicle that we could bring out multiple mash bills with that tied to each other. And then the other thing that we looked at is, is people have a lot of fun. Specifically, we looked at Blue Run, I know, um, with the butterflies. And then a couple, a couple then Smoke Wagon, to be very frank, is somebody we looked at a lot as inspiration. And that pin hook. Said, well, Smoke Wagon, the thing about Smoke Wagon is they're so authentically themselves. And it's so gaudy. It's over the top. But it's so Aaron. It's so him. And mm-hmm. it resonates in the, in the profile, the flavor profile. Resonates in the marketing. Resonates in the package. You pick that package up, it's like he's in front of you with his stupid fucking hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but and this is, and I will tell you, and yeah. ask these guys right here. No, I, I am an Aaron fan. No, 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 no. I am I so saw, pissed I'm not going to meet him tonight. Yeah, I saw his I, stupid I, ass hat last night at Rays and Wauwatosa. Dude, I um, message that guy And I say that lovingly. I'm, I don't, he doesn't follow me. I, and I message him on Instagram. Like, dude, where'd you get this piece of equipment? Where'd you get that? Because I'm just that fanboy of his. Yeah. But it, it was sexy. It was done so well. You know what he did with MGP couldn't? He made it fucking sexy. You know, and that's really important. Mm. Um, but so that's kind of like the, the thing that we talked He's about. originally from North Carolina. Where in North Carolina? He looks like an NC dude. Winston-Salem? Hmm. But... <laughs> But when we looked at the butterflies, the one thing that we saw was there's a consumer response to the collectability of it. Like, and they, they, there's a consumer response to like wanting to collect things, right? And, and what they really did well is they, they fused shoes with booze. And what we kind of looked at is, is there a way for us to track a story or tell a story that connects, right? And so kinda, I call it riding the wave. Yeah, you but, look at the wave. But let, let, me, let, me, let me interrupt you. One and then interrupt and me and then I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, because, because here's one thing that they don't have and you do, and that's a soul. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. Who? Okay. Blue Run. Yeah, absolutely. That's a marketing scheme. So, you know, you talk Our about plan, blue, you know, you shoes to booze, booze to shoes. There's, I'm trying to be punny at the same time. I don't time. think I'm there's serious, anything scammy about a, just, no. uh, uh, Scam's the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anything scammy marketing about employee. a liquor company, yeah. uh, uh, spirits company selling to Miller Coors. I think that's very cool. Thanks. Okay. For that input. I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't. And I don't joke around. I meant, I meant to say serious. scheme. Sorry. Yeah, it's a scheme. scheme. So I, and I can appreciate that. But did you look at Pinhook and how they did their their wax and, and all that, and then obviously the branding and all that. So that's I guess there's a lot you're pulling from a lot of inspiration. You sound like Sheila right now when she's pulling information inspirations for the house and all that. And it's all good and well-intended. Because, a dream board? Yes. Mm. On Pinterest, to be exact. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, how do you keep up with this? Yeah, no, and it's a great question, Wilson. We've had a ton of just internal conversation around branded house, house of brands. And we're, we're kind of straddling the line on that. And um, I think learning a lot in that sense we are not going to be successful if we have to go resell every bottle out there. And so there's very much value in having a stable brand out on the shelf. Um, The other side is, as Nick mentioned, there's a ton of cool, weird, wacky inventory. And I think something that, you know, the industry in total is coming to recognize is there's a glut of whiskey being made. We put it in barrels. Ultimately, it has to get sold. It has to go in a bottle. Someone has to buy it. And uh, this, for us, has been a mechanism to put some of this cool stuff out in the market. 
while also not putting ourselves in a position that we're going to throw a ton of money to try to build brand equity around something that, frankly, we know is not going to be around. So, so how do we celebrate that? How do we get some consistency from a brand that, that we can keep out on the shelf and still do some of this cool, weird, wacky stuff? Cause it, yeah, I mean, if, you don't, if someone knows your brand, recognizes your brand, but it's not sustainable, and you can't go back and get something from Dancing Goat that you can rely and trust on, then what's the point of building the brand? Correct. Correct. And then and that's where the inventory becomes such a problem is because we have all this great inventory that we want to build brand a brand with, but you can't build one brand around Swiss cheese. And so what ends up happening is, uh, is right. You, you, we looked at it's it. Very it's, expensive. It's, it's very expensive. <laughs> it's very time consuming. Right. And what you, we ended up saying is how do we use all these very limited low run releases? <laughs> Fucking love you. Um, how do we take these low run releases? Because there's not a lot that exists. And, and two, we don't want stuff to rot on shelves, you know, and build the equity of the distillery as a whole. Instead of looking at it as like one brand, it's let's build the equity of the distillery for when we have our distillates here. Yeah, and from my perspective, you know, the Dancing Goat Distillery, there is a story to tell, right? Um, inherently, we are a house of brands with the Limousine Rye Whiskey, the acquisition of Destor Gin, you know, our liqueur line. Um, and, and the idea here is to kind of bring this all together. Um, there's no, when you have limousine rye and we, even we go and sample at whiskey, you know, whiskey fest, people will be like, is this your product? There's no synergy. There's no connective tissue, regardless of all the embossing that we do on the glass or the logo we have on the closure people, consumers, the general consumer sees limousine rye whiskey and there's no connective tissue to the dancing go. Well, coming in, you know, we have you know, thousands of barrels of esoteric whiskey, right? And the challenge is, like Sean mentioned, how do we sell it, right? Um, so if we're putting actual dollars behind any type of media, advertising, PR, you know, when we're releasing whiskeys, I would love, I want to see Dancing Goat Distillery on the package. I want our distinctive assets, our goat icon. Because that name, it's, it's a very unique name. I'm Everybody that's listening to this podcast has probably heard Nick talk about how do we become the Dancing Goat, why Dancing Goat name. And I'm not going to get into it here, but no, Nick aren't. might elaborate no, on that. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, we're not. While, while also still letting... Go back to episode 133. Yeah. <laughs> while also giving Nick kind of the freedom... Um, to to use his paint colors and have all these ideas, we wanted to create a essentially we want to create a label architecture that has that celebrates the liquid inside and be transparent on on the front. And label. I can appreciate that, but mm -hmm. the size of the canvas matters, which Absolutely. is why I ask, where are you in that? Are, is your canvas the U.S.? Is your canvas Wisconsin? Is it the Midwest? Is it the Upper North? Is it the Lower South? You know what I'm saying? That's that's where that's where the question lies, and that's you know because you and you also talked about going back into these call it the what we're familiar with the ninety the nine the nine month six month that didn't reorder whatever, yeah. so on and so forth. I mean, you're going to go back into repenetrate, but at the same time, I'm still sitting on this, and legally, you can't do anything about that. So, what is the pull through? Yeah, the, the canvas has is, is changed, and, and frankly, that this is another area where we're kind of straddling two lines. I, I am still a firm believer, own your backyard. How that's I defined, agree. I think, is very, very debatable, but you know, there's, there's 3,500, 4,000 active DSPs. If you're not recognized in your backyard, you know, can we really make a case to go talk about ourselves in New York or Florida or California? I, just, I, I don't think that opportunity exists anymore. Um, and so we are very focused on owning our backyard. And I kind of do that in, in air quotes. It's not to say we have to, to sell the most, we, but we want our, our brands recognized. We need stable you know, brand equity out in our backyard. Um, what we're doing on this, this Source Whiskey Presents line, something that we've had a lot of you know, internal debate around, not even debate, just discussion, I would say, is we still run some of those old plays of brand support. How do we throw money at reps? How do we throw price support down to retailers? And it's painful for us to do that. And something we've recognized is this is very cool, esoteric, unique, one-of-a-kind whiskey. How do we get it to those folks that really appreciate it? And that's not through traditional distribution. It's, it's us finding folks like Mark and Shane over here in North Carolina that are, go, that are willing to go speak to why this is special for us in an out-of-state market. It's folks like Blake at Seal Box, Jay West behind Shared Poor. Um, and so we are still kind of actively managing, I would say, two environments of sales. One is, is our traditional distribution. It, it is backyard-focused, flagship brands. How do we keep stability out there? We want menu recognition. We, we want 
people to find find our brands and then how do we find those outlets where we're going to actually put this weird unique wacky whiskey into to folks hands that really appreciate it and don't forget the third and that's here right right can be uh, do you hold anything back for specific here you know, I think we, is it more or less we, than we, we ha- I mean, something, you know, we look at like Stranahan's and it's like the amount of like onsite revenue that they do there. It's like, it's not a small number, you know? And so not even close to I, that. I've always approached this place. And the Blum brothers. Yes. And Blum brothers. I've always, and anyone that's been to this facility will, will quickly recognize if you walk in the back, our tasting room sales aren't going to keep the lights on. Um, and, and I say that in the sense of this, this place was well, it's built. complimentary. Yes, this place was built to make whiskey, and that, that's ultimately what we need to do here. However, I think we've, we've maybe gone too far to that extreme where it's like, well, if we know this isn't going to keep the lights on, do we really focus on it? And, and this year, we've started to dip our toe back in that water where it is true, unique, tasting room-only releases. And I think that is part of our strategy set for, for 24 is how do we do more of that? To you, would you consider using your front, front of the house call it for lack of a better to do your experimentals, to do this top line up here. What is this called again? I'm sorry. A present series. Present series. The, the name comes from just a quick, if you don't mind me saying. No, please. We got so much shit. Specifically, I got so much shit at Whiskey Fest the first two years with, with Limo because my dad is a traditional brands guy. And so when, when we designed Limo, he was like, transparency doesn't matter. Story matters. Let's make a great package. And we had to agree a lot on the package, which means that no one got what they want, which means we ended up where we ended up, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, without talking too much shit about my own product, right? <laughs> um, obviously, we've had a lot of label changes over time, but one of the things that I think is, is really important to remember is this is your direct result of people telling me that I was, I, I'm trying to pass it off like it's my own. And, and I never had that intention ever. And so part of this was a, was a pretty exaggerated response of like, oh, my, you think I'm trying to pass off this Indiana whiskey like it's mine? Presents our sourced whiskey. I mean, I don't know if you've seen a really close look at it, but it's I was looking at him earlier with Sean. Yes. And so, and one of the things was it's a commitment to transparency to a flaw. And I think if you look at one of our first releases, it really encapsulates a lot of, and you've met these guys today. Like you've met their souls. This is who the, this is a Friday here. People are going nuts. We're skateboarding the halls, playing baseball outside. We're having a great time. That's the soul of this place. Yeah. And when you start looking at like the back of our burial goat, where it says, you know, from Indiana's bread basket, like we're, we're tongue in cheek being as transparent as we fucking can. That's this. the closest you can get to saying RNS on the Why level. is this goat not on the front? Because then we get the real estate for the... The goat is on the front on the regular limo package, but then we got the real estate for the canvas, right? So then... And, and they're made with the larger icon. You can kind of tell then when it connects. It's hard otherwise. I see it. I do see it. But then that was just... So just to give the, that, like, that side of Presents is like... Presents really was a reaction to being told that we're not transparent. And if you've come here, you know I am to a flaw. Like, we know we know where the barrels came from. We know where the, where did the distillery... That yeah. the barrels came from to fill that desolate did. Like we're very transparent to a flaw, and so it kind of was a, an emotional reaction to that. It's very so, fun, and it's good to be emotional about it. It's yours. It, 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 this is all of ours. This yeah. is our family. Yeah. We are family, and this yeah. is our. It's these yours. are our children, and we want to make sure they end up with the right retailers who go to the right customers. And it's not about not working with the sales channel to reward salespeople. They're doing it, but when you try to incentivize a sales channel too much, guess what? You're trash. You're, you're, you're just, you're looking for a whore on the corner. You know what I mean? You're, you're seriously just looking for a cheap night there. And that might've been a really bad thing to say. No, no. Five dollar make you know, know, Exactly. You know, know, but the problem is you never find anything to holler. Well, the function is completely the, the distributor rep goes to their pocket account and they're like, Hey, there's an incentive on this because they're homies with their account. They're going to say, Hey, there's an incentive on this. Help me out. I want the 50 bucks. Yep. And And that's, and, and then it goes to the, go there. Exactly. And then the account gets in and they're like, Oh cool. This is my favorite whiskey. I guess I'm going to like put it out my butt, but I won't even put it in the system. They might have truly, because it's just one bottle. Because I did did my buddy a favor. So it's not even a go. Maybe they'll, they'll take it home. They'll give it a, give it away. (laughs) And that's the worst thing that can happen to a brand. But this is maybe a question for you. If you, if you're able to go in there and support it and and develop a relationship with that account, that's totally different. But for, but reps asking favors for you, with no right. market support other than that is the worst thing that you can do because you're you're vine guys. You know, oh yeah, you, you made it. You made a connection. They did you a favor. You're taking you, up space. You're taking up space, and you never got the chance to prove that you didn't. I didn't. You, you did me a favor and thank you, but you didn't. You shouldn't have fucking needed to because I was going to move anyways. And you never get to prove that. You no, know, you don't. 
It's, so. a, it's all small brands fail in big portfolios. Correct. Yeah. And that's, we. I mean, we all here pretty much experienced that as reps in some some level. Maybe I've not. only succeeded. But I will say that, you know, I. Um, it, Thanks, it's Matt. interesting because, you know, it's not just small brands too. Cause that's for, actually not that interesting. For uh, Okay, thank you. From 2015 and 2016, like 1792 was a, a box filler. Box yeah. And True, good point. that's good shit, you yeah. know. I mean, there's, uh, there, you know, um, Do you want to talk about quarterly their releases. Their sweet wheat and their twelve year are incredible whiskeys, yeah. but no one thinks about them because they were box fillers for breakthrough for several years. And when, once you were a block, and that's one of the things that we struggle with. Can you explain that as a box? What does it means, please, for the it, audience? It's just free goods. Yeah. They, they come free with You're quantity trash. deals or, yeah. This should, like what we were talking about. It's not even an incentive. Like the rep gets $50 for a placement. It's literally free goods. Yep. And the, sorry, the, the distributor... You know, a lot of if it's a big brand box filler, like this is not a comment on the on the quality of product, 1792 or Bulldog Gin. They have a contract with their major distributors that they have to buy X amount. So how they show the uh, the the uh, supplier that they're actually moving it, they said, "Oh yeah, look at all these accounts that we New got places. in." But it's a uh, yeah, but yeah, it's the um, PODs is like where you, you free. can hide a lot of you can hide a shit ton, mm-hmm. of, hide a shit ton yeah. of PODs. And then the other thing too to keep in mind is you know once you start looking at a program like that and you start saying, "Well, you know this is how many points of distribution that we got," you know we can grow our brand now. It's like, well, no, you can't because every single one of those was a favor, and and spiffing. There's a difference between reps who are incentivized to sell products that they know are great because they're going to make a commission on their entire book, and then reps who have been beaten down in salary. They're given a smaller base. They have smaller commission opportunities, and now they have more incentive opportunities, but those incentives are, are, are capped or, or skewed. So like I'd call a skewed incentive would be one like you're going out for placements on knob, and you need to get stores, and we're going to pay you... $11 or $12 a, a three stack in stores, but you have to get 25 of them or you don't get paid at all. Right. And so if you do 24, you don't get any money. Yeah. You know, and like that's a problem because reps quit then because they're still going to get paid. They know they're not going to hit. Like, man, I asked every favor I got to get this knob on 24 floors. I ain't going to get it on 25th. Fuck this incentive. And you neglect everything else in your portfolio at the same time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then you didn't get any. And like, well, then you know what ends up happening to the, a lot of these houses that are starting to pay reps that way. Will you start seeing reps leave to smaller houses that pay better, right? That pay how these guys used to. Yeah, correct. I mean, and then those big houses, they're not even hiring people directly. They're hiring them through enthuse and everyone's a merchandise house marketing, right? They fire most of the rep, the older reps, and the younger reps are the medium middle aged reps that they did keep. They give them more accounts Mm -hmm. on less commission, and they make them the octopus tentacle in the control room, Mm -hmm. and the merchandisers go out and do all the floor work. Yeah, and they're laughing their way to the bank, absorbing all the the commission that was paid to reps. And this is distributor talk brought to you by Kimmy. Yeah, but sometimes what if what if the like rep takes the merchandiser out for a steak dinner? That makes it all that makes the whole system work well, right? If if we move on, what time do we need to leave from Milwaukee? It's an hour and it's hour five minute drive. We're close. We're close to leave. Can Shane? You got to bear something real good. Shane, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Whiskey makes me frisky. Whiskey, yeah. whiskey makes him frisky. Makes him yeah. and me frisky. At whiskey, North Carolina. Yeah, straight out of. Straight out. Straight out. What do you have? So just just add on to us? the distributor. You know, what Matt's going on? Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I hate I hate microphones. So we all do. What? How Mark and I? How we've created our our business model is instead of incentivizing the employees on our team, we ask the accounts like, Hey, what can we do for you? Cause we've already built the relationships. We don't incentivize our employees. So support the accounts. we support the account. The employee gets paid regardless if, if they make the sell or not. Yeah. So, Hey, what can we do for you? And then usually it's like, well, keep doing what you're doing because you're not begging us to take this one product that tastes like ass. And you know, I'll never see you again for three months. Yeah. You're coming back month by month with new product that tastes amazing. And yeah, dancing goats on my, my cocktail menu, by the way, you know, in Wilmington, North Carolina, throwing out Ivy in the alley. Justin, I love you, baby. Um, That's a great new way of bypassing the system or creating a whole new system in itself. Because we have that relationship. So we don't have to incentivize our, our employees because they're getting paid well. Right. And then 
our customers are not getting shat on with the product that's just taking up space, mm-hmm. like he said. Yeah, no, it's a great. It shows the ingenuity of where this, like, how the industry keeps having to evolve when all these distilleries kept popping up over the last, mm-hmm. you know, twelve, fifteen years. And that's something we hear all the time. We've heard it multiple, and that's, multiple times. And that's something. That's something. Yeah, sure yeah, that's something we hear all the time. Well, you don't cheek, have to, you don't have to hug cheek, me. Cheek, cute. You can let go. Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh my. Me too. Just got certain. This is sexy. Survive. Survive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we hear it all the time from our accounts. Like, hey, what can we do for you? Yeah. Nothing. You're already doing it. You're not begging us to take this product. That's yeah. great. And, and you know, we're not trying to get false sales. Ultimately, is is getting a mixed beverage account, holding a product they can't sell. Yeah. We want it to be a genuine, I like this, and I can get my consumers around it. So you're generating true depletions in demand. You're generating true depletions in demand rather than asking for favors. But how many, yeah. how many, how many of those are you doing? That's how we approach it. Just hundred percent. Just one, two, hundred percent. Every account we run into. Every single account. Like we don't. I mean, here and there we have accounts that no one visits, so they follow the big boys, and they're like, "Hey, look, know, look, we might be doing it wrong." No, yeah, we're doing it the way you're trying it. Yeah, we're, you're we're doing, doing it, it in a way... controlled state. Yeah, that's what's yeah. interesting. Right. <laughs> control state, and it goes back, like you said, yeah. you know, a few minutes back. Relationships. We're trying to build relationships no, with I, these accounts, with these brands, and, and just molding them together. I was just, and we're, and we're trying, way. and we're trying to do it the way we, we as a consumer would want to be treated. Yeah, I was listening to Doc Rivers yesterday on a podcast, and he was talking about his first year at the Magic. He changed his offense after like seven or eight games because they had traded away like seven to eight players developed an offense around in the summertime. And all of his coaches, all his older mentors were like, you can't do that. It's impossible. Like it's the dumbest thing to do. And they had like almost had a winning record that first season because he did it because he adjusted to what he saw in his players, what you're adjusting to what you see in the market. So where does that begin then? When do we as a countdown, as a uh, brand new and or established when do we establish that? When do we establish our own or are we following a trend? Maybe it goes back to uh, what we talked about our previous employers doing. Well said. Mic drop? Mm, All right. Well, uh, Dancing Goat family, um, my boyfriends, <laughs> my dearests. This has been badass. This is great. This has been uh, an exciting afternoon. We probably should have t- started recording an hour ago. We should have. An hour sure. earlier before we started well, we this. Should, but we, now that you've come, you can come yeah. again. Now yeah. I can come again. But we should do this again for sure. Good thing I'm recording podcasts at a whiskey festival awesome. tonight. Maybe we can all do that. Oh, hey, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's yeah. a whiskey festival going on tonight. Um, we got crafts of beer. we have crafts of beer. There's, there's plenty of CO2 this, in the fermentation effort. tank. Okay, Hucky brings us all together on this podcast, and then everyone's sitting here running for beers for us. This is just great. This is fantastic. This, this is great. this is what uh, whiskey should be like. This is what whiskey should be I like. Understand why you're frisky. Yep. Um, well, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Bo, Matt, Wilson, Shane, Mark, gentlemen, Sean, Jake. This has been. Thank badass. you so much. This is so uh, much fun. We'll, we'll see you all. Thank you. Hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you all. Cheers. See you all. Dancinggoat.com. If you can't find us in your uh, in your you market, sharedpour.com. They ship direct. Forty-four states. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Keenanlake.com.